Got those stupid songs in my head. One, two, three. What stupid songs? Those uh, lip, bad lip reading songs. But those are great songs. <clears throat> Don't you think? Welcome to the to the to the podcast experiment. To the podcast experiment. Welcome to the podcast experiment. I'm Dave. And I'm Vic. And here we go. My friend Lyle really hates the Last Jedi. He sent me a lot of texts over. You know. And so you're re you're looking at some of those texts. It's like yeah. So in between Luke giving up and hiding himself, he decided to learn this new force power to project himself, maybe for takeout. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I couldn't fit the Knights of Ren in, i.e., I don't give a shit of what was established before. <laughs> I mean, you know. Terrible. I don't think it's terrible. It's terrible. It's awful. I don't think it's terrible. Look at my notes. Hamill says it's crap. Leia Hamill flying. Hamill does not say that. Oh, how about this? Like, maybe this is, I wasn't paying attention for the last 40 years. Like, <laughs> they need fuel. <laughs> They're running out of fuel for the whole movie. It's a big plot point. Yes. They never needed fuel, but they got to stop at the gas station and Millennium Falcon. And I mean, hey. That's bad. Because that's, a, that's bad. a huge plot point. It is. I, didn't like the, I know we're you can't gonna, see this on the podcast. You can't see my hands. but His hands are gesticulating. Like they come out at light speed, and then they're being tracked. So the, the bad guy's ship the bad guys comes come out at light up speed. Like 10 feet behind them. And then the whole rest of the movie, they're just <clears throat> almost catching him. Almost well, catching. actually, they couldn't like hit the gas a little bit on the star destroyer. I don't know. I, w- one thing I would almost say is, yes, I hear you, but like they came out of light speed and then they kept moving, and the bad guy's ship came came out of light speed. Was it in the exact location? Like, if they didn't keep moving, would they have gotten? They would have come out of light speed right on top uh, of them and, and crash into them. I know that that was so. That was a, a flaw. Anyway, <laughs> flaw. Um, <clears throat> Welcome to the podcast experiment. I'm Dave. And I'm Vic. And uh, here we go. We're coming back to uh, our second part. We're going to try to keep this down to two parts. We're going to try to keep it. We're going to do a... The second part of The Last Jedi. Nine chapters on the (laughs) Star Wars, The Last Jedi. (laughs) Um, 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 So this is our second time uh, talking about The Last Jedi. uh, Or we're... Gonna try to get through it, but there, I I feel like there's a lot Dave to has talk so about. Much to say. Well, what it is is I I, I do have a I recognize I don't know if the audience wants to hear it all. <laughs> I recognize that that it isn't to everybody the movie that everybody wanted. I recognize that it defied expectations, but I don't. I think my argument is that it's not a bad movie. Maybe it's I in need fact, to that. and in fact, I think it's a, it's. A very, very good Star Wars movie. In fact, there's so much going on in it that, like, it's deceptive in the sense that all of the things that are happening are happening very, like, they're very well designed. And they even kind of, all of the different threads at different times come together for their own dramatic purposes. But... <clears throat> and I can get back to that if you want, but I will say <laughs> that there are a couple of fl- there are a couple of things that I do feel like they kind of left out, or a line could have sort of could have sort of corrected at least the beginning of some pushback. Like, um, I really like the I liked Laura Dern with her purple hair as as Admiral Holdo, right? I liked her because it was weird to see. We're we're used to seeing like you know basically Princess Leia gets taken out of the command. She's like goes into her coma. We can talk about her being Mary Poppins in a second. But the next ranking member is Admiral Holdo. They say this, and then you know Laura Dern steps onto this, like literally steps into the frame with bright purple hair, and she's wearing like a dress, like a purple dress too. It's like kind of brownie. Anyway, so <laughs> that was <clears throat> jarring. It was jarring because her look, it, it looked Star Wars-y, but it didn't look like she's in a command position. I know some people said, why is she wearing a dress? <clears throat> like, but I think that uniform. was part of the intention. I think that it was part of the intention. The intention was 
this is what like this is a different look to a leader than what we're used to. Okay? Yes, we've had princesses and whatever be leaders in Star Wars before, but what I'm saying is she's like a military leader, yet she looks like a woman. And I think what was interesting about that was that was a it was a conscious choice to defy what we're used to. Now the flaw was when she doesn't disclose, when she says Oh, you're, you know, aren't you, uh, yeah, yeah, I know who you are. You're Poe and you're like this great pilot, but you did kind of mess up. But what she doesn't say is, she doesn't say like, she says, we have a plan, so shut up and follow my orders. But she doesn't say why she doesn't tell him the plan. Now, the reason why is any number of reasons. One reason could be because he, uh, like, because Princess Leia's last order to him was was you're grounded like you can't fly you're and you're demoted and so she's honoring maybe she's honoring princess leia maybe this is a secret plan maybe he was getting in her face one time too many and she kind of said calm down kid you know because he did kind of just keep getting in her face regardless of what the reason was what she should have said and one person did point out in like a in like a youtube video or something that if she just said, we're not sure if we have spies on this ship, so I don't want to say it, and then have it get leaked, that would be enough for the audience. Because Poe could still say, come on, but still tell me, blah, 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 blah. Um, but if she just said that, that would be enough information for the audience to know this is why she's being coy with not sharing this information outside of like a small group. You know what I'm saying? That would that is a flaw. You're a Ryan Johnson apologist. (laughs) Anything he did is is a good Uh, idea. (laughs) No, that's not how I I feel. I feel like the movie was very well made. I think that the stuff about like I think it's a bad movie and a bad Star Wars movie. You think it's a good movie and a good Star Wars movie. Yeah. Well, Um, I just like to pick apart little things. Like do it. Uh, I always like this. I got to give a little shout out to a friend of ours. Well, I won't say his name, but I can't take credit for everything. I probably should, because who would know? <laughs> I, I like at the end they have that big. Uh, I guess it's like a big battering ram sure. that they land on the planet. Yeah, and they like drag it through the the, the salt flats. Yeah, like why not just land it like right in front of the door? They land like ten miles away, and then they got to drag it like two miles an hour. I mean, you know, they they, they they've done this before in Star Wars, but yes, that goes with my friend. He always says in in A New Hope, you know, the they're trying to get to Yavin, but the planet's in the way, and they have to like clear the planet. Why not just blow up the planet? <laughs> right. That's what well, the that Death Star is for. Just blow up the planet. It's like the Death Star has cleared the planet. Like they're waiting. <laughs> Which well, gives them just enough time to blow up the Death Star. It's like blow up. I agree. <laughs> it's um, your, I, agree. I always thought it was funny that they come out of light speed or hyperspace or whatever. On and the, the planet's right in front of them. Like, who plotted like a couple miles to the left or the right and would have had a clear shot at Yavin's moon. But I agree. I agree. That's I neither mean, here nor there. I, I mean, maybe Yavin is like, I think Yavin was like a gas giant kind of like, um, uh, maybe like couldn't blow Jupiter. It up. Ah. Because uh, it was very, very big <laughs> and they had to get around it. But. You know, whatever. I, I also when, I'm not being an apologist. When Admiral Holdo goes like I guess warps through the Yes. Like couldn't couldn't they do that all the time? Couldn't they just like put a ship on autopilot and just whenever they want to take out a star destroyer? I mean I think a couple of escape so. pods just send them through hyperspace through the I mean maybe escape pods don't go to hype uh, hyperspace, but um first of all first of all now I don't I don't like that you're doing that per se because we literally were we were made witness of a thing for the first time and now you want to go back and do it all the time what was yeah, cool is thought appreciate, of that just now. yeah like it was an interesting moment that's what i'm saying appreciate that like hey we've never seen this and the moment that we see it it was like so cool like i i, I did not like um rogue one very much i liked aspects about it but one thing i utterly loved was the fight above that planet with the with the shield around it and mm-hmm. how the 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 corvette were the, they were called like corvette 
um, uh, blockade ships or whatever. Right. I, wasn't it I called a corvette? I don't remember. And and it and it rammed into so the the, the ship yeah, 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 had a, had a, a force field and it rammed into a star destroyer yeah. and then drove the star destroyer into, into the shield. Yeah. That was cool. That was something we'd never seen before, and it was visually like whoa! It was stunning. I think that Ryan Johnson. Because that was a prequel, that's why we've never seen it. <laughs> I think <laughs> Brian Johnson basically came up with that as a as an idea, like, "Hey, we're going to have this ship, you know, um, go into warp and 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 take out the Snoke flagship," and then they and then they sort of once they knew that sequence, they sort of had a lot of ideas around that, and they kind of were building to it and that kind of thing. I think, I mean, I, th- I thought it was very cool. I wish they could have, Admiral Holdo could have, like, gone through hyperspace into Canto Bight, and then we wouldn't have had the whole 20, 25-minute scene of the movie <sighs> so, where they go to Canto Bight. <laughs> so, um, so let's get into it, Canto Bight. <laughs> the idea is that the heroes don't always succeed when they go on a mission, a side mission or something. It's good to see, because like you said, they, they were setting it up. I don't think that's the idea. That all the... All the characters are challenged in this movie. All the heroes, they each have their yes. own challenge or something. So I just felt like, like you said, I mean, I have no problem with that. It just seemed kind of like an excuse to get them to do something. Like it's kind of, if you want to get specific about the plot, I guess they were supposed to go get a hacker and then bring him back and sneak on board yeah, that the Star was Destroyer. very convoluted. But the Star Destroyer is like right behind them. So it's almost like they go all the way to Canto Bight, get the guy, bring him all the way back to the Star that Destroyer was, that's like I agree. That 500 was, feet behind them. Right. That was very convoluted and bad. Yeah, just could have like, come up with a little better plot. And I understand they go because of the slavery aspect and we I, go back to those kids at the end of the movie. So that part makes sense, but it just seemed like... I think that what they could have done was just started it where they were separated. They could have started it where he was already there yeah. looking for this person. Because to have him leave and then come back was was uh, was the flaw. Um, yeah, it was the, a big deal for him to leave, too. I it think was they had big, to like sneak away. And... Yeah. Uh, I feel like that was the biggest flaw, but they wanted it because it picked up right after, you know, Ray hands off the lightsaber. So it's like the next beat. You couldn't... You couldn't start like like you know, from Star Wars to Empire, we know things took place between those points. So so Luke Skywalker is like on a on a tauntaun, and he's like he has skills, and they know he's in the you know, mm-hmm. their time has passed, yeah. and we've seen progression. Um, I think that if we had started the Last Jedi, where um. You know, where like he's looking, you know, he's already on Cantobite looking for somebody or he's just doing something. And then they radio to him and say, you know, you're on your way to meet us or something like that. Go to Cantobite on the way. That would have been much more sort of it would have made some more sense. But because J.J. Abrams and again, this is because J.J. Abrams ended it on a (laughs) on a on a literally like here's this lightsaber it has you to pick had up that to moment. pick up exactly after that and that was a, that was like a really crappy move i guess he thought he'd people would listen to him and pick up where he left off they wouldn't hire ryan johnson to just write a completely he hired different ryan movie. johnson this, let's why why are they you fired th- the wrong guy <laughs> why are you saying they fired it? every other director and they kept ryan johnson <laughs> i think he did a great job um <laughs> but why are you saying it like like J.J. Abrams did not personally hire he he was part of the one he was number two in the one and two people head of Luke uh, running Lucas. I guess I never thought he had something to do with he hiring. Ryan utterly Johnson. hired him, but he doesn't have any kind of say in the matter. Maybe he what was do just you like, mean he doesn't? I have think any. they were like he we hired a, Ryan Johnson. He's, he's like okay, he's a good guy. On that movie. J.J. Abrams is like this number two producer on on. Um, the Force Awakens. I think Kathleen Kennedy was like, "We hired Ryan Johnson." He was like, "Okay, okay, you're you're now you're just making." He wasn't up in stuff. on the interview process. Look at, what are you talking about? J.J. Abrams hired him. Big mistake, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> All right. So, so um, what did you think of Luke tossing away the lightsaber? Well, I, I want to get to the candle bite, but I, oh, okay. I thought that was bad. But yeah. or, or should I say I thought it was interesting? I thought that again, again it's like a choice, but it's kind of like I, well. So again, again, choice. I think it was. I don't think it was a wrong they choice. Could have treated it better. No. Well, again, okay. So it's a choice. You got to live with it. And ultimately, I think that him throwing it over his shoulder is actually again the only thing that you could do if you think about it because it built to this head this built to this crescendo where nothing that could have come out of his mouth would have been enough you have found this and now this is this you know you could joke oh where's the hand you know people joked about that okay here's the here's the lightsaber where's the hand you know, didn't it have a hand attached to it? He could have come he up with something to say. He could have but, put some but, work into but, it. But here's the here's the bigger thing. Why did it at all even have anything to do with that stupid lightsaber? That's what the thing is. Because because J.J. Abrams and company set it up as this quest that was around an object to get up to a guy that ultimately none of that actually ma- means anything in Star Wars at all. It's more Indiana Jones. It's more like, but but it doesn't really mean anything. And so, actually, to have him toss it over his shoulder, it 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 kind of like, uh, okay. But but seriously, if you think about it, like that scene, she shows up. She's hand, you know, she's standing there with the thing. He's standing there. He he gets it. It builds to this head, and then it pauses. The music and everything stops, and Luke just tosses over his shoulder, tossing away forty years of my life loving Star Wars. Oh God! I think that what 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 we really need to do is just it's this shouldn't be a podcast. (laughs) This should be a therapy session. It should be because I think sometimes, like I understand. No, you don't. What he's going for, what like <laughs> raised parents or nobody, like it subverts your expectations and this and that. Like, if her grandfather was Obi Wan Kenobi, it would have been boring or something. But like, I think I would have been talking to people about it. Like, her grandfather's Obi Wan Kenobi. That's so cool. Now it's just like her parents are nobody. Like, just it ends right there. Like, there's nothing further to talk about. It's not like an interesting story. I understand his his argument is. Oh, it's not what you were expecting, and this and that. Is and she's any, you know, she's nobody. But wouldn't it have been interesting if she was like Luke's daughter? Okay, wouldn't now. that have been just? Or you can make it just as interesting as it, her having nobody as parents. It's it's as what you make it. Mm-hmm. Like you're thinking, like what could he say when he gets the lightsaber? I don't know. You could come up with something that's just as interesting as but, him tossing it over his shoulder, put but, all effort into but it. But it is what you make it. And right now, we were just delivered that information. Now, the next movie, I think, is what you make of it. And I think that's really what they should do, is now they should make it something special. They should make it a reason. Not make her special, but make that information important. Make it matter in a different way. But listen, okay. Cause we, no, 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 no. Because you, 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 you bring up stuff, but I haven't really said my piece about a couple of these things and i and i have a lot to say about well, even what you just said so we've only got 45 bite. minutes <laughs> all right say what you're gonna say you told me you had something big to say about oh because that's the last thing oh the purpose of canto bite okay is 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 not about putting them in my opinion thematically if you if you pay attention to what's happening what i saw by paying attention um is that there is another purpose for the cantabite scene yes i recognize that <clears throat> i recognize that okay uh it's interesting to have um one of the heroes plots not work out i get that but what I think is, it's more like this. <clears throat> this is a world where, th- this is a universe where there's good guys and there's bad guys. There's the there's the the first order, and they're essentially like the empire. They are bully, oppressive bullies. People are just aware of what they do, and we have to just be compliant. We have to just go along with it. And then there's somewhere out there, there is a resistance, and that is similar to the rebellion, which we've heard about. 
but who is who are these people what are these people whatever we hear these stories but our their the people who are in it their reality is the oppression that they go through now when they get to the canto bite scene <clears throat> we see this third sort of world normally in star wars there's just good and there's just bad but we don't really see like civilians and in fact when we when in in the prequels when we're flying around on like um on like uh coruscant and there's like a busy city and everybody's doing stuff like what are these other people doing there's clearly like other things going on in this galaxy and so first we're getting a we're we're witnessing that there is almost a third party. There are war profiteering. There's war profiteering going on. And, you know, and that's just an interesting complexity to that as an idea. And so that was the first interesting thing. But here's the real thing. The real thing is that, like, like think, of, think of our world now. We think of... Um, all the stuff that's going on in Washington and, and around the world. And we know there's a, you know, a president and we know that there's world leaders and we know that there's things that are going on, but we can't really touch any of it. We feel like we can, we know that we have a vote, but so often uh, all of it feels so out of, out of touch. Right. But then here. So on this world of Canto Bite, when Rose points down and says, yeah, but you see, like, you know, Finn has never seen anything like this. So all he sees is the wealth and all this stuff. And he's like, wow. And Rose goes, yeah, but it's there's more to it. And she points and she shows that they're, you know, being cruel to the animals and that the the children, these like slave children, they're. She was saying that she was one of them, and now Finn sees that they're people. But what's more is those kids don't – they hear stories about a resistance, but they don't know that it's real. And now they get a chance to witness someone standing up to this bully of the First Order. They get a they, – they literally go down and they and, – and, it's not Luke Skywalker with powers and a laser gun and a lightsaber. It's not like the cavalry running in. It's two people who show up and they say, we're with the resistance. And they show the, the little thing. And they do one thing. They, they just basically ruin the day for these people at Canto Bight. But But by doing that, they stand up to a bully. And these kids had never seen that before. And so... It was like, wait a minute, like we hear that this thing happens, but we think uh, it's nice that it happens, but I can't re- actually relate to it. And now, boom, there's like two people who show up and actually step like you always hear like, yes, you should step up to stand up to bullies. But like the, like show me in, show me in a tangible way. And that is what that was about, because that. OK, so then the rest of the movie happens. And Luke Skywalker does the whole big moment, right? <clears throat> at the end of the movie, right, at the end of all of that, we cut back to Canto Bight, and the children are talking about the Luke Skywalker moment, and they're acting it out. And then the guy comes in and shoes the kids away. But then that one kid stares off into the distance because not only did he hear this story, which is now a like a like a the spark, right? Because the idea was we must be the spark that lights the fire that is the new rebellion. That story is a a fable, is a story, but those kids, like, like Finn and Rose were the actual spark. You understand? So there's like, they sparked this thing to other people who witnessed it personally. And now this kid and these others, they know. They have been exposed to this thing. And it's like, now that's the the real beginning of that rebellion. And I, I thought that was a really, like, it took a simple thing, and it definitely drew it out, and it definitely didn't cut to it in the best way, but it 
it it made it a com- uh, like it did it on a com- a complex level that I really appreciated. And so that was the point and the purpose of Canto Bite. Makes me almost want to watch the movie again. <laughs> okay, so then you said uh, the Holdo, Admiral Holdo thing. One thing I want to say is when um, Leia Poppins, okay, so, the, so there's the whole scene where, like, Kylo Ren gets, uh, gets angry, flies in his ship, shoots up the ship, He's about to shoot down at his mom and resists, but then the two pilots on either side go ahead and shoot, yeah. and she gets blown out of the back of the of the ship. And so the first time we ever see like someone in space in Star Wars, like, and then she wakes up and then she flies back. Sure, whatever. One thing I thought was cool about that was, I mean, I thought it was like silly, whatever. But I don't know if they talked about this on the on the director commentary or any of the other things that you saw, but remember how there's like a, a digital projection, uh, a 3D projection of the Snoke ship? You know how like they'd have like a, a 3D pr- a holographic projection of like the Death Star? Yeah. So, so in the command center, there's a digital, there's a 3D projection of the Snoke ship, right? And then they blow up the command center, but like the command center is like still like a little bumpy and ruddy and that 3d projection is still there when leia flies back exposed to space i mean yeah yeah when leia flies back into that command room she flies through that digital projection in the exact way that holdo flies through her ship what yeah yeah and it's awesome. I was like, yo, that was great. <laughs> that was I challenge awesome. that. I don't remember that. Uh, you know what? You're going to fail. You're going to lose. Poppins. All right. What? I, was, I was rolling my eyes too much. I, didn't, I guess I so. Didn't but that. I'm going to tell you this. What's the bet? I like, because I'm going to win that bet. What, I, like I want to win that bet. <laughs> what are we betting? Bet you a chocolate chunk cookie from Wendy's. I don't know. Bet me something I want. <laughs> <laughs> Two chocolate chunk cookies from Wendy's. <laughs> anyway. I like the idea. There's a theory that. Kylo Ren helped her when he saw her gets blasted out into space. He like, saved his mom using dumb. the voice. I that's like that dumb. better than that's Leia dumb. Poppins. That's dumb. So anyhow, um, you know how in an emergency you can get like superhuman strength. <laughs> I think that was the explanation. Obviously, that like in an emergency situation, people like lift up a car to save somebody. Sure. It like cued her force powers to be like whatever. <laughs> whatever. I, I think that the the touch was her flying through that projection. She said, "I gotta fly through that projection." No, and then it was it was <laughs> it was the it was the director uh, foreshadowing te- foreshadowing. He was oh, telegraphing. Yes, it absolutely was. I'll show you. Though. It was dope. I thought it was great. So the purple hair. So that was so there was that. Uh, I definitely feel like hey, look, the the Ren. Uh, I mean Ray. Not having family and blah 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 blah. Look, I, I honestly, what I would have done is something like give her someone that is in context, but is a little less further down, like the steps of something like like maybe uh, had uh, maybe have a uh, uh, Captain Phasma actually be <laughs> Ray's sister. Or I something guess I feel like, like, like something that like that would have been pretty interesting because she just clearly torn away from someone, but she doesn't remember who it was, and so that would have been interesting. But the fact that what they did was they said your parents aren't important was an interesting way to go for a couple of reasons, and I think one of the interesting things was it took the. Uh, nepotism lineage thing yeah, enough with out the of the equation, which I appreciated. I do think that what they should have done was they should have had some sort of uh, something acknowledged by Luke in saying that people who who are maybe gifted with the Force or have it in them when they're in an environment like because what we've seen is Anakin on a desert planet essentially spontaneously become force aware and all this other stuff. Luke on a on the same similar planet on the same planet kind of have his 
thing, and now Ray in the same way. And I think what it should have been was something having to do with that. And I think that Luke. Yeah, I never thought of that. And I think that Luke being on the exact opposite of that, being on a water planet, I think that also should have been something having to do with the Force. It should have been one of these things where, like, where, like, a person who wants to use the force is trying to get to a, like a water planet because that's where the flow of the force is like the most powerful or yeah, something to go like somewhere that. Where there's life. Right. Yeah. And, 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 but, and, but, but starting out on a desert planet, like there should have been something spoken that acknowledged like that was what kicked it into gear. Now what they did say in the text, in the movie, was they did say, and here's my big thing. Here's my big, the big thing. Here I we want go. To say. What they did say was, um, they explained why Ray was so powerful. They did, and I and 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 they did it so matter of factly. It's almost like you might have missed it. They said. We see we're watching Ray and we're like, how come she's so good? And how come she can know? They said that. uh, That Kylo Ren was so powerful with the dark side that his opposite became equally powerful in the light. And so it was Kylo Ren who by getting more powerful, he was literally triggering her op- his opposite who he had no idea who it was something else will rise up and so and so this that duality is a very interesting thing that is new to Star Wars in the movies because uh, I don't know all of the all of the EU but that's a cool idea and so like that was both the explanation for how come she could just become so powerful and not even know. And Snoke says, this girl cuts you in half, you know, like you were like divided. Like, yes, he says, I killed Han Solo. And he says, yeah. And it left you divided right down the middle, just like that, like the way the girl cut you like down the middle or whatever. And you like, he, he was like needling Kylo Ren. But the point was, Snoke was essentially like Snoke had this ability to kind of like um, field people out. And so what he was doing was he was trying to locate like like obviously Kylo Ren was getting stronger. And and now because we know this rule about your equal in the in the light side is going to get stronger. uh, uh, Snoke was trying to locate who she was and then bind them together and then, and then set up a trap. And he did all of those things. But here's the thing that no one has said. If there's someone with the, that's Force-sensitive and, and their opposite also becomes Force-sensitive, maybe Snoke was Luke's opposite. And that would be an interesting story that no one ever said anything about. Maybe... The whole story is in the 30 years that went by after from Jedi to the first um, uh, the Force Awakens. Right. Perhaps what should what what probably occurred was, hey, you know, Luke, he's, you know, helped to blow up the Death Star, Return of the Jedi. Yay, and I'm going to build the, you know, a new Jedi order and all that stuff. And then maybe there was uh, adventures where this Snoke guy shows up. And and as Luke was getting more powerful in the light side of the Force, what's this? There's some dark Jedi rising. What the hell is going on? And so maybe Luke, like now this is me going off, but my point is maybe Luke discovered that, that this Snoke guy existed. Maybe he fought him and thought he beat him right listen listen because i'm almost I'm done no maybe he fought him and thought sounds he, more interesting in the movie maybe he thought he fought him and Th- he thought he beat him that's right? how he got his that's why snoke looks the way he does that's but maybe he even thought he defeated him right and snoke still hung around and still influenced 
um, his dark, I mean, his uh, Luke's apprentices and, and got to, you know, poison the mind of Kylo Ren, right? And Luke couldn't locate him. So what did Luke do? Ray, Ray cut said, himself off from the yes, force. he cut himself off from the force because that was the only way he could depower Snoke. Because if Luke would every time Luke probably would connect himself to the force, he would get stronger. But then he would know that that um, Snoke would get stronger. Like using the ring in the Lord of the Rings. Every so time there you go. It. And that's, that's my a better point. movie. That you, but you Kathleen see, Kennedy should have hired you. He should. She should have. But, but, but or J.J. Abrams. But that's my point, And I think that's a cool idea. But so then that explains why Luke cut himself off. That explains why Luke would go into hiding because he wouldn't want his because he couldn't locate Snoke and he didn't want him to get more powerful. It also would explain it also would explain why it also would explain why um, why Luke would do that final act both because now he's because now um, Snoke is dead but also like all right you know like this is it. He's got to show up now. He didn't have time to warp over there or whatever. I think that he should have had a more, yeah. uh, like a more a, a real tangible reason why he shouldn't or couldn't leave. But, but he said, "I'm not." He's like he said, "I am not leaving." Right, mm-hmm. and then he shows up. But I I thought that was very very good, and I and I love that as an idea because what the real thing was 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 Snoke was trying to trigger Luke to basically come back online yeah. for one of two reasons. Because either he would come back online and then they could locate him, or he would come back online and then Snoke would have power again. And both ways, Luke resisted. And I like that. But it's me interpreting this. That's probably the best interpretation. That's better than the movie. But it makes the movie better. I gotta give Dave props on that one. But it makes the movie better. Thank you. I guess... What it comes down to is... that's the only time I've ever heard anybody say that. I've never heard that before. Yeah, there you go. So thank you very much. See, we do do things new here at the Podcast Experiment. Thank you for sticking around, folks. I I guess maybe what it comes down to is... And I I fully understand that, like, you can't always... You can't please everyone. You can't always write a movie. Like, just because it doesn't make me happy doesn't mean it's not a good movie or whatever. I guess what I'll concede is... Because you are conceited. uh, It's like... Maybe they just... Because we're talking about like choices, and maybe they could have explained this a little better, that a little better. It seems like maybe they did too much. Like people were wondering about Snoke, that doesn't pay off. People were wondering about her parents, that doesn't pay off. People didn't want Luke to die; he dies at the end. People, it's almost like wait a minute, too Luke much, dies at the end. Too much stuff didn't get a proper payoff. You know what I'm saying? All in one movie. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I could accept all right, Snoke dies, but we find out her her parentage is more interesting or maybe luke does show up and like kicks more ass but it's kind of like it seemed like one kind of thing not leading to anything he throws a lightsaber away and that doesn't lead to anything i agree her parents don't lead to anything. sort of i think i'm saying i feel like that's what because again you want to you want to please the fans but he understands you want to like wipe the slate through yeah or you want to like send it in a new direction but it's almost like we're going to completely erase everything in order to go in this new direction. You could have, like... But but you know. they said it. They do say it. They do say throughout the past, this and that, you know, but... The- and maybe I didn't know that going in. Like, I think that's become clear over time that that's what Ryan Johnson and everything wanted. They wanted to, like, have Star Wars for, like, the next generation of people, you know, this and that, and starting a new... Well, think of... Think but, of like, it I didn't know that going to see the movie. I thought, like, oh, it's going to be another Star Wars movie. And it's like, wait a minute. This is, like, for people who... But this is sort of redefining Star yeah, Wars, Yeah, but, like, definitely. for people who... Maybe I should see the movie for someone who's, like, never seen Star Wars before, see if it actually works. Because well, I still feel like you need to be into Star so Wars. To... So wait a minute, though. Here's another thing, right? <clears throat> what I found interesting about... One thing I found interesting was, you know, in Empire, when Luke is exposed to that cave and then he sort of gets a witness to certain things and he gets exposed to certain ideas and whatever, oh, like this, he could turn into Darth Vader or maybe he's a part of Darth Vader. Like, what's going on? 
that abstract sort of thing. I think that what's very exciting is in The Last Jedi, when Rey starts to like use the Force and think about this thing, and then she sees the dark thing, and she sees the dark side of the Force, and she sees this thing, what does she say? She says, what? <laughs> well, she says, it's trying to tell me something. Okay. What's interesting about that is it turns the force from this thing that was very binary light dark that's it luke says it's much more than that and he and he says do you see this do you see that she's like it sees this it's it's this wonderful thing he says and that's your first lesson that it's more than what the jedis were doing he points out point blank the greatest flaw of the prequels which was the arrogance of the Jedi. He says it. It yeah. was great because honestly, not openly acknowledging that is the greatest flaw of the of the prequels. And there's a lot of flaws in the prequels. But the greatest flaw was not having anyone say, uh, yeah, you guys are so you know high and mighty, and you let this thing happen right under your noses. Like that was a flaw, and they don't ever talk about it. So to have him say that and then to basically say maybe there's something else going on with the with even the using of the light and the dark of the force, whatever, it it then begins to blur a line. And I think what ultimately it, where it's going to, where it's leading to, is it's going to lead to to non-binary Jedi. It's going to lead to a, you can have a dark Jedi, gray Jedi. Man, I hate that term, <laughs> but but it's it's lead, it's going to lead to a non-binary Jedi. It's going to lead to a you could have a dark Jedi that's good. I think that's where they're ultimately going. Come on, so, JJ, because people have re, like people love these. You know, like the abilities that the dark. You know, yeah. so I think that's ultimately what they're where they're kind of going. And I think it's cool. Now, now, say whatever you want about however you feel about the movie. But I got to tell you this: the moment when, when, when Ray is like on her knees, and you know, and and Snoke turns her around in front of Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren is doing the thing, and and uh, you know, he has his lightsaber. And 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 uh, I keep pausing because I have to like remember every every character's like exact name, uh, and and because no no so uh, so Snoke goes um, where you you know he's like Kylo Ren where you were once conflicted I now see you know he says I now see that you are you have clear purpose you are going to stop your enemy. But the arrogance is, of course, he thinks that his enemy is is yeah, is Ray. His monologue there, he's talking like about himself and doesn't even realize yeah. it. I thought that was brilliant. I see you turning the lightsaber. Yeah, and you kill your enemy, and he does. He kills his true enemy. He, that's what he says. He kills your true enemy, and he does. He turns on the lightsaber, kills him, and in that moment when the lightsaber cuts Snoke in half and the lightsaber comes across the room and she grabs it and stands into frame, you didn't know what was going to happen. When they stand I had checked frame, out by that part. Well, uh, then then you I, – I, that's a disaster because <laughs> cause for me in that moment – I was beside myself. I loved it so much because I th- we what the magic that you live for that you have basically you've closed yourself off to is not knowing what's going to happen from one moment to the next. You know all this shit so much. What fun is that? The real fun is being exposed to a moment that is, you were completely energized for, and you have no idea what's going to happen next. And in that moment, stop. In that moment where the lightsaber comes across, she grabs it and stands into frame, and the two of them are looking at each other while the bad guys are closing in. 
I don't know what's going to happen. And when they go back to back, that was one. Of, that was some of the most exciting Star Wars. Period. Period. Hands down. And it was so, so great. They fought together like Batman and Robin. It was so badass. I, I could have watched two hours of that from that point on. And but I also knew that you can't watch two hours of that. They they really threw down too. Like they had a hard time. Kylo Ren was kicking ass. Those guys. Though that was so cool. That was so cool. And the only so when they come out of it, and she she's disappointed that he doesn't follow through but that's that was good now the sad part is this because we don't have um the real course correcting in all of this is because we don't have carrie fisher what the real story is 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 kylo ren a redeemable character can he redeem himself because i feel like that is the overarching story of what these things mean and how they matter and the heartbreak of how he killed his father to get this thing only he's manipulated himself i think those are the interesting ideas now he cut he cut his true enemy out of the equation but like this notion see like kylo ren when he's like saying like i want every gun to fire at this man and and then he's like more more you know that was he honestly kind of seemed like he was like an abused for like like maybe like assaulted <laughs> you know because he's acting like you know he 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 was hurt yeah what did by, this person do to you yeah like what did he do because all he did was he stood over him but i mean he didn't even do anything and 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 truthfully tried to kill him in his sleep and truthfully luke skywalker says the moment that he ignited the lightsaber, he felt instant shame. Yeah. But it was too late. And and all that really means is that Snoke did what he wanted. He set out he did what he set out to do. And Luke is heartbroken. And I think that if they had just focused on that just a little bit more, but basically Luke's Luke's defeat, right? What's Luke what Luke is sad about is that the bad guy beat him in his house you know what i'm saying he'd beat him at his own game he literally did the one thing that luke would never do which was he made his family think that he would turn on him and 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 it's like he he was beaten and so again i I, like those are the things that they should have said in dialogue because then it would have landed. J.J. Abrams had all those ideas. No, he didn't. But he wasn't allowed. J.J. Abrams didn't. I, I like I, I like J.J. Abrams, but I, I really I think uh, I don't know, man. I want to go off to some planet somewhere. Like I really shut myself want off from the Last Jedi, never having to see it again. Okay. <laughs> I want to go live on some island with some poor. Honestly, I hope that J.J. Abrams is in a writer room. And somebody brings me like a Blu-ray of the movie. I just toss it over my shoulder. <laughs> just like, I'm not going to watch this movie. I think that I hope that J.J. Abrams is, has been in a writer room with everybody. And, and he had that, it all planned out for Snoke and Luke. And, and, like, nope. and I hope that uh, the, he's, he, he has the, the way to beat out the, um, the, you know, get the next beats. Because the real unfortunate issue is now okay. with no Princess Leia it changes it really does change the story well they'll recast uh, Meryl Streep as Princess Leia yeah I heard that that might happen that's not I'm not sure well you can't get any worse than Last Jedi so I'm sure they'll be able to fix the plot somehow there's nowhere to go but up for episode 9 I can't believe you episode IX (sighs) so uh so really none of of what I said makes you look at any of it differently you've actually begrudgingly will attempt to look at the movie in a new light. I got to say that I gotta watch no it matter, again. No matter how you look at it. I have it, watched it a couple like I said I watched it a couple of times sure. and I listened to the commentary but it's just no matter how you look at it I really do think it's like that, a little too much like change. I fear change. Well, that's why the I want movie my Star exists. Wars. I want people fighting with light. How hard is it? But fight but with some Vic, lightsabers, Vic. blow up some ships. Yes, I hear everything you're saying. Now let it go. And Let's recognize depend. recognize that what you're talking about is actually weakness. You know how they say you know how they say like if you want to learn how to get to be a better tennis player, you got to play somebody's better at you. The tennis, and that's how you get better. 
Yeah, what's your point? You know what they say. You know how they yeah. say uh, the what's the what is the uh, workout? Uh, you know, bodybuilders say pain is weakness leaving your body, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. The idea is you fear change, but you are the you are the one that needs to change, and so they did work it. through it. Yes, and they did it with this story. They made you confront all of the things that you don't like. And your reaction, your visceral, visceral reaction is you not wanting to get into it. I'm and, having a breakthrough. And quite frankly, what was exciting <laughs> about it was Poe Dameron was like almost one for one. Everyone who didn't like the movie acted like Poe Dameron. They, they went into the movie kicking butt. They get their knees taken out from under them. You know, they got the rug pulled out from under them. And then they were kicking and screaming the whole way through until they got to the end. And my point is, that was by design. They des- he designed the movie that way. If only everyone could listen to the podcast experience. I sure hope that they All do. All those Star Trek fans, Star Wars fans out there that, oops, <laughs> that didn't but, like the movie. Like, but, you act like I'm the only one. You know No, 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 no. I know. But my point is that the things that I'm saying are why are the realizations I had watching it. Now, let me just very quickly say, I actually said I saw it before, but remember, I, I, I forgot that I put it together in IMAX film. Yeah. And so I actually saw it like a week before it came out. But what was funny was, because IMAX film and sound are separate, they sent the film, they sent yeah. the film first, and I had to put it together, and then they sent the sound the next day. So I put the movie together, and then I had to run the movie with no sound. So I watched the first time I watched the movie was with no sounds. I watched it silent. And there were moments that I didn't understand because it was all in dialogue. But the things that happened visually, oh, I got. And then to watch it again with sound, it was like this whole other dimension added to the movie. I was like, oh, wow. So I watched it twice before two. I saw it twice a week before anybody and then I got a chance to kind of really think about it. And then I saw it again. And I was like, ah. I wish I could watch it without sound or picture. <laughs> Maybe I'd enjoy it better. You're watching it right now. <laughs> Just watch a blank screen. But anyhow, I think that um, those, I, those, are the, those are my feelings and ideas behind it. I think that it was by design. I thought the design is pretty yeah. clever. I definitely feel like um, there could have been things that could have been a little bit m- more. You answered my questions. I probably lost the debate if it was such a thing. <laughs> but that's only because you talk 90% of the time. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Most people, they say they like talking to me until they start talking to me. And then they go, damn, but you do talk a lot, Dave. Sorry. Anyway, I appreciate it. I mean, that's that's what the this uh, format of a podcast is all about. That's right. Uh I'll bet this was the best podcast about The Last Jedi that's out there. I'm sure there's a lot of podcasts about Star Wars and by connection The Last Jedi, but I think we probably said things that haven't been said. Haven't been said. And so, on that note, uh, I'm going to say thank you for listening to the podcast experiment. I'm Dave. And I'm Vic. And uh, come on back. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs>